<laughs> Beautiful. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be, and we're back from a long hiatus. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Before I did that intro, my computer was freezing up. It's It's been a journey to get to this point. We'll talk about it more, but we are back from our summer vacation, summer camp vibes. The Infinity Bros did summer camp. Felt like a long summer camp. Uh, but I'm here with two other Infinity Bros to talk about a lot of fun stuff today. Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how you doing, man? Hey, doing great. Excited to be on and review some cool nerd stuff that we've kind of... Uh, I mean, Suicide Squad came out like, what was it, like three weeks ago now? Four? Three? The people can Something calm like down on the delay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We we gotta we gotta catch up on some stuff. So I'm I'm really excited to be on. Yeah, we got some other things that I think some people are coming to check out, but Suicide Squad is on the docket today. We are gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about Spider Man No No Way Home, the trailer that just dropped, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. And then we're going to talk about what if episode two and three, but we can't do that till we introduce our third Infinity Bro. We got Infinity Bro Robbie. Robbie, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to talk about all these things that we've missed. Um, and you know, if people are upset that our episodes haven't been out, you know, we, we're some of us are parents, some of us have lives, and some of us are uh, Zane. So you know, we're we're li- out here living life. Okay, some of Good us. Good point. Good point. No, you're right. I, I absolutely agree. And it's it's been a wild summer. Some of us have moved. Robbie, you moved. I moved. Jarrett has been in the process of a move. Didn't really did Jarrett really move or he was he was moved out. I mean, he moved into a trailer uh home and then is moving back. So I mean you can count that as a move into his house again. So that counts. That counts. Zane is moving. He he he's moving from the couch to the fridge, and then back to back the couch. To the couch, which which is about the same effort for him as it is for for you guys to like move houses. So you know that's it's a pretty big deal for Zane. <laughs> if that's the case, then I feel bad for Zane. <laughs> there's a lot of effort to move. So and that, I'm actually gonna retract making fun of Zane and moving now. That you said that? Because if that's the truth, I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> Moving sucks. Moving is the absolute worst thing on the planet. It sucks so bad. It, it's like we're still moving things in, and we've been at our house for three weeks now. And it's just wild. Same. It's it's buck wild. We're still organizing. Yeah, we're still organizing. There's boxes everywhere. I hate it. Moving stinks. Uh, we, we got a lot to talk about, so we really don't have much more time to talk about our moving endeavors, but if you want to reach out to one of us, check us out on theinfinitybros.com. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and there's a bunch of links in the show notes that you can click. I'm not going to bore you with those right now, but uh, we'd love for you to check us out. Leave us a review. We, we need to talk about a big review we got during the hiatus. Is that what we're calling this? Are we calling this summer camp the hiatus? Are we just talking it our long July 4th trip? Like, What are we calling this vacation we took? Infinity Bro Summer. <laughs> it's like hot girl summer, but yeah. not as hot or as interesting. <laughs> I mean, hey, if if you're posting pictures on your Instagram, Robbie, I'm all I'm all in on it. So, you know, I mean some of some of us are interesting, just not all of us. <laughs> well, we 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 do need Mark to post more. Ooh, that is yes, true. we do. We got a great review. You could check us out on iTunes. Podchaser, anywhere where you can leave a review. We'd love for you to do that for us. And we got another five-star 
review. This one comes from Potato Lady Bex Goose. Potato Lady. Heck of a name. Yeah, all right. Why Potato Lady? Like, it's just, that's, I don't. I don't know either. Yeah, that's true. You're, it's going to stick in your head. I. It's it's so strange. It's so off the wall. Maybe we, we need a weirder name. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm hung up on the name that the review's nice, but. The name is is awful. You know, you know what I've noticed about our name is that people that like, I don't know if you guys have experienced this in your personal lives, but people that like know that we're the Infinity Bros will go out of their way to be like, oh, he does the Infinity Boys, Infinity Guys. Like, you know, it's Infinity Bros. Yeah. So I just like, came from a conference, a work conference for my job, and we had like a skit that was happening from some of my coworkers, and they mm-hmm. got up front and said that. Our job is more convoluted than Max's superhero podcast. <laughs> and then they went like, "Is it like the super? Is it like the super gauntlet show?" Like, and then they did Jeez. thumbs down, right? And I was like, "This is awful. This is like my dad reviewing my podcast." <laughs> it's like your dad thinking he has a good joke, but it's yeah, not really exactly. Good. That's exactly what happened, and it it just feels like it feels like Potato Lady like put herself out here in this moment and said. I'm going to do something different, and this just did not land at all and resonate with me. I'm going to be frank with you guys. I give this a two out of six rating on the name. The, the, oh, the name. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, wow. Yeah, the potato the lady name. Potato I, think lady? It's, I think it's awful. The only is reason she, I don't give is, it a one is because she, she gave based, it her, What's up? Is she is she based in Utah? Isn't that the potato capital? Of yeah, haven't a clue. Right, isn't that Idaho? I thought it was Idaho. Is it, Oh, Idaho. My bad. Idaho. Come on, Robbie. Don't come on right this now. podcast and mess up geography. Is, is Idaho even a real state? My goodness. You know what? As I think more, name though, one about person it, you know from Idaho. Nobody, you're right. I can't. I potato lady. No, that's nobody. that's the one person Apparently. I know. She gave us a five star. <laughs> she says I was impressed by the deep discussions they had about the issues that face our world today and how people, in parentheses, especially in the entertainment industry, are handling them. While the average listener might not agree with 100 percent of the things that are said in in given serious discussion, I appreciated their candor and their sincerity. As far as balance goes, I'd say the show doesn't tip the scale too far too far towards. Light, fluffy, and frivolous or serious, down to earth, and analytical. There really is a good amount of both. So then if, if nobody's agreeing with everything we're saying here, are, which, which bro is she most likely referencing here? Because she, she reviewed episode 41 of our podcast. That's a great question. Do we know which episode that is? What number is Hold that? Hold on, or let's what, check it. What Hold did we on. talk about in that episode? I'm, I'm Googling it right. We're pumping the Google machine up right Cause, now. Because, my goodness, that sounds like such a generalized review. So this was Infinity Bro, Jared, Zane, and Max. Mm. The bros Probably discuss Jared. Pokemon Unite, an AI robot acting in a movie, and dates for the Umbrella Academy and the boys. The bros then share their thoughts on TV film polling episodes and scenes with racist depictions of black. That's the serious conversation. That was the episode we talked about them pulling the blackface scenes from the office. Uh, And Finney Bro Jarrett shares his aggressive perspective over Call of Duty. Wow. I'll tell you what. That's a good plug from my perspective because I don't even remember what we talked about. And I want to go back. I don't either. Infinity Bros. Zane Whoa. defends Apple for the first it time ever. It sounds like we need oh to listen God. to this episode again. <laughs> Dude, this is like, this is a groundbreaking <laughs> wow. episode. Big things happened. Uh, and Infinity Bro Max reviews the newest Jon Stewart release, Irresistible. I believe I gave that a five out of six. I would stand by that right now. I'd say five out of six today. And The Way Back starring Ben Affleck, that's a six out of six. You remember, Robbie, oh, you loved that movie. that's a good movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a great movie. movie. I think we talked about that the next episode. And then we close it out with our top five heroes of color. So yeah, there, there's some serious 
conversation happening in that episode. Yeah, she picked a she picked an interesting episode to review. I like that. I like that. Especially one was Zane. Yeah, like what are the odds? Like Robbie, like what are the actual statistical odds that you'd get an episode of Zane? It's like one in eight episodes, you think? I think it's even less than that. I'm pretty sure it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard randomly and hitting a bullseye. Yeah, it's like trying <laughs> like, to come up with a clever name for yourself and landing on Potato Lady. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Wow. I appreciate the review, right, but the then. name is abysmal. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So I, so you you asked uh, what uh, who she, who do you think she's referencing? It has to be Jarrett, right? Jarrett's probably the most like neutral good out of all of us. Yeah, right? that's a good point. Right. Yeah, she probably disagreed with me. I'm sure I had some hot take, like her name is terrible. Or mm-hmm. and then Jarrett was probably very. He probably spoke very highly of of whatever the topic was, said very very fluffy great words, and then Zane was probably like, "Well, Apple did something." Good for once. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, what was it that Apple did good? That Zane I don't know, but I'm gonna go episode 41. We better go check out. Let's put that in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for reviewing Potato Lady. We really appreciate uh, your review. We have one more review, real quick. This from some from Caleb, a a good friend of the show. He also leaves a five star for us. He says, "Absolutely love these guys. Always excited when I see a new episode pop up. Love the spoiler reviews and guests. This gets a six out of six for me." I will also give this a 6 out of 6 rating because he used our rating system, and so well done to him. Always a plus. Yeah. Always a plus. I will say, though, you know what? I'm actually dropping the review to 5.9. Since we're on the topic of names, I think it's an absolute travesty that his name starts with a K. <laughs> so 5.9, Caleb, you've been misspelling your name wrong the whole life. Get get on that fast. Wait, would you rather it start with a C? 100%. I rather like Caleb with a K. Yeah, 100%. Caleb with a C. No doubt in my mind. And Is that like the English spelling of Caleb? Caleb with the doesn't K? matter. And I'm going to ask that the audience respects my privacy after I made this choice. So please do not email <laughs> me or ask me at theinfinitybros.com. I don't want to get an email. At, at MaxMosier73 <laughs> on Twitter. Please do uh, not review our us, podcast. Tell us. Tell us what you think of Max's opinion. Don't email the infinitybros at podcast at gmail.com. Do not reach out to us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Do not do those things. Please do not reach out to us. We don't care. Nah, he tweaking. He tweaking. Have Let's, you guys seen that? No. Really random. Have you guys seen the nah, he tweaking thing? No. Go to, okay. We're so, 30. Uh, this is, this is, okay, but listen, but, okay. <laughs> this is us keeping up with the trends right now. So, Tony Hawk posted something, and a someone else, like, wrote on in the comments, nah, he tweaking. And now everyone in every comment section that you go to on Instagram, it'll say Nahi Tweakin. Everywhere. No joke. I'm glad it, I'm glad it's Tony Hawk uh, starting the the trend. That's kind of cool. Isaac, do you mind if I send you the uh, the cool story basket digitally for you to pass over yes. to Robbie? So uh, I will hold it up here. You go ahead and throw yeah, Robbie, that. Just go ahead and throw that internet. cool story in there for me real quick <laughs> I, for our audience. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Uh, oh, Kobe. Yep. Oh, there it is. score, uh, score. Nice. I just want you guys to be updated on what's going on in the digital world. Thank okay? you. Thank you. I'm glad you care about us like that. Uh, maybe we'll make a Nahi tweaking TikTok after this. I'm good. I'd rather you not. You, Max, 
You're tweaking. <laughs> nah, he tweaking. Nah, he tweaking. We talked about a rating system at the top of the show and during our review segments. We want to make sure that you're familiar with that as we step into some spoiler reviews of movies and trailers that we've been watching. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. And additionally, we are going to be spoiling a few things today. We're going to be spoiling The Suicide Squad. If you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. We're going to be spoiling the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, excuse me, and then we're going to spoil episodes one through three of What If, potentially, for sure episodes two and three, but we might talk about episode one. So we're just going to go ahead and put a universal spoiler warning right here. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler warning. When you hear the spoiler warning, do you think it's just a deep Max Mosier editing in his room or Thanos? Uh, it's definitely Max, yeah. Like, some people have reached out saying, oh, it sounds like Thanos. I like that you did that. And I'm like, that was a happy accident because I did not. That was not the vision. <laughs> no one's reached out. No, I have. I've had two people say that. Were they in high school? Were these people Were in your head? Yes. <laughs> was it You're you right. talking to yourself in the mirror? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was Max they, Jr. and McCarthy. reached out to me. <laughs> they reached out and touched the mirror. It, it was Tim's first sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, he reached out to me, Mom, I swear. Nobody ever asked that. Let's talk about The Suicide Squad, the two-hour and 12-minute movie, rated R, from Warner Brothers, directed and written by James Gunn, Starring a lot of people, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Michael Rooker, Viola Davis, John Ostrander, Nathan Fillion, Jai Courtney, Flulaborg, Mailing. How do you say Mailing's last name? I have no idea. I'm going to say Mailing. Yes, is good. Yeah, I'm not going to forgive. Just sound it out. No. Sound it out. Phonics Max. I am not hooked on Phonics. I'm still working on that. That's a discipline I'm working on. Pete Davidson, Sean Gunn, Stephen Blackheart, Steve Age. Tanisha Kajish, uh, Jennifer Holland, and Fernando Martinez. Uh, this was this this is this is the second Suicide Squad movie. Obviously, the return of several characters, including Harley Quinn, um, Rick Colonel Rick Flag, and Captain Boomerang. Directed and written, we talked about by James Gunn at the top, and this was also voiced by the Sylvester Stallone who plays King Shark, and Taika Waititi also makes an appearance in this. So if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to spoil that part of it either. Um, we're going to start with you, Robbie. Robbie, tell us your rating of this movie and give us your broad stroke thoughts early. Oh, oh man. So I, I watched this the first night, and we were going to go to the theaters for the first time um, and then decided just not to because it, it released early on HBO Max. So... So, okay, so I just want to get this out of the way. Even though we've talked about, like, the, the death of the theater, like, when HBO Max is right there, and I even want to go to the theater, I'll still just choose HBO Max because it's so much easier. Um, but my review of this movie is this movie has a chance to save the DCU. I'll start there. Um, and it, and it, it paves the way for DC to go all in on the rated R formula. I know that's not like 
the way that Marvel did it, because I know people have been trying to get DC to do the Marvel way, but they should just do their own way. Let's just go rated R all the way and uh, keep it going. My rating for it is going to be a 5.5 out of 6. This movie originally was supposed to have Superman be the main villain, but due to the negotiation and talks with Henry Cavill, that did not happen. Suicide Squad uh, comic book writer Joel Ostrander is always in it. He, also in it, he plays Doctor Fitzgibbon in the film as well. He makes a brief cameo appearance at the beginning when he's putting one of the bombs into the back of just uh, like Captain Boomerang. I forget which which character was he putting the bomb into. I forget which character it was. I don't remember either. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. It was, a savant. It was Woody it was Harrelson. Michael, it was no, it was Michael Rooker was, or Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Savant, Woody yeah. Harrelson. Michael uh, Isaac, what is your rating of this movie and your thoughts? I love this movie. Um, I I pretty much fully agree with Robbie. I think this is um, this. They're paving a path with the start of of this movie and. I think they should keep going this way. Um, James Gunn does an incredible job, especially just in comparison to the previous Suicide Squad movie. Man, uh, it's fantastic what he what he does with this these characters, what he does with the story. Um, you mentioned that Superman was supposed to be the um, antagonist. Would he be the antagonist? I guess. Yeah, it was supposed to be him originally instead of Starro the Conqueror. Yeah. But man, what I loved about this movie is it's one of the most comic booky movies out there. Like everything was just so like blown up and fantastic and just hilarious. Like it felt it felt like a comic book. And I love that about this. James Gunn did an incredible job directing this. Everything, and I know he's been very vocal on Twitter um, about, you know. Every single shot, everything they did in this film was 100% his um, his choice, which WB has had trouble with in the past, obviously. So the fact that they're letting their directors do what they want to do, I think is a good thing. And um, I again, this movie is fantastic. I will give it a 5.5 out of 6 as well. Um, just very enjoyable movie to watch it everything about it like it was a lot more emotional than i was expecting it to be as well um which was fantastic idris elba does a fantastic job and yeah lots of great things to say about this movie but i'll leave that i'll leave uh, the discussion up to later but that's kind of my just general thoughts on the suicide squad this is a 91 percent certified fresh Rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 82% audience score, which kind of shocked me a little bit. I, that I, is, that's odd. That number feels low to me, and uh, I, I'm going to go out and just out the gates, give this just a strong five out of six. This is a good movie. This is a very, very good movie, and I, I'm not surprised it's a good movie, to be honest. I think when we saw James Gunn attached to it, our expectations were exactly where they should have been. I think the cinematography on this is absolutely grand, especially in regards to Harley Quinn's fight towards the end. Um, I think that the opening sequence is absolutely hilarious, but also shocking. I thought for Mm -hmm. sure Captain Boomerang was going to last longer than he did. Um, I also thought that Weasel was going to last longer than he did. He was like in all the promo (laughs) stuff. I thought for sure that guy was going to be in the whole time. And he's in it. (laughs) Weasel will be back, man. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's coming back. But, uh, (laughs) 
Do you think Weasel becomes the Stanley of the DCU? He's just in every movie. <laughs> I love that. Somewhere in the amazing. background, Weasel. It's a great take, Robbie. I think that's an awesome take. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I think my I have a couple gripes with it, which is probably unusual for some people. My biggest gripe is I don't think Harley Quinn's arc was that great. Um, I, a I lot of people have really 100%. spoken highly of our, her, her arc, and I just I couldn't get behind it. It felt like they were forced to use her, and honestly, this felt like the only handcuff to me for James Gunn. That Max, being I, said... I, I'm 100% agreeing with you. I'm shocked right now. Okay, that, <laughs> that first time for everything. I will say this. It appears that Margot Robbie and James Gunn really enjoy working with each other. That's a good thing for DC because you want to keep James Gunn attached to this because this movie, mm-hmm. the heart and soul of this movie is James Gunn and his vision for these characters and how he uses Ratcatcher 1 and 2, for example. A, a character who's very obscure and Polka Dot Man and how King he... Shark. King Shark. And there are just... There's tons of highlights in this movie that we can talk about. Starro the Conqueror, I thought he absolutely executed how that would look and how when they attached to people's faces, the little tentacles were sticking out of the stars. I, I just thought James Gunn, his attention to detail is magnificent, but additionally, he really treats every movie like a middle schooler who should not have any control over an art project. Right. There's always <laughs> two, to, two to five inappropriate jokes every 10 minutes. So I, I really enjoy it. The gripe here for me is Harley Quinn. While I do think Margot Robbie and James Gunn will be back together, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if James Gunn directs like a Harley Quinn Poison Ivy rom-com down the sure. line or just a Harley, another Harley Quinn movie that please be better, in my opinion, than Birds of Prey. I know you guys love it, but I didn't. I, I, I think James Gunn is definitely a huge piece of this puzzle. There's tons of things I'll praise other than that, but I think Harley Quinn was a little bit of a weaker piece of this movie than people are giving credit for. And I, I know she's the bright, shiny object right now in DC. Like, right? Like, she's she's one of the biggest IPs over there. She's got and an I, animated show. She's got her own comic books. Exactly. Like, you know, she's she's but, selling. But, but, man, like, another highlight is John Cena and um, and Polka Dot Man. Peacemaker. Uh, David oh, Ma- man. David yeah, Musmachin. I forget, forget, forget his name out loud. I'm on his IMDb page. Man, I'll tell you what, like, those two arcs were just dynamite to me. I was absolutely floored by Peacemaker switching at the end. I couldn't believe that yeah, was happening. That was, mm. that was so fantastic. shocking. It was shocking in the context of what we were finding out. I felt like the R rating was just for that scene, personally. I feel like they didn't right. need to do an R rating up to that point, but for that. And I really enjoyed it. I think John well, Cena did I mean, a great Pete job. Davidson did get his face blown off in the first five seconds. Dude, that was yeah, buck the, the blood wild, was, man. Just there was a lot in that scene. <laughs> well, like, because I just, what you were just hitting on Max, like with Harley Quinn, like every time we had a Harley Quinn arc, you knew it was going to be like longer. And I was like, just get me back to the team. Like, I don't, I did not care for her whole arc, like getting captured and being with the, the one guy that it just felt so long to me. And I think it was only like three minutes really in the grand scope of the movie, but I just, I just didn't care. I was like, get me back to Bloodsport and John Cena, like just comparing each other like the entire time and like freaking King Shark, like doing his, his dumb things. Like, get me back to what's going on there. I could care less really about what Harley Quinn was doing. She felt like the true handcuff in this movie. Mm. It, it felt like this was Warner Brothers' way of saying she has to be in this. And you knew she wasn't going to die. 
That's the problem I have with right, her character. Yeah. She's right. the one character in this movie that's not going to die. So the idea that like anybody could die, I believed that for every single person on screen except for her. And that takes me out of the movie. And it's a very small thing. And again, I didn't like Birds of Prey. So I think that part also plays into my rating on this, to be honest. I believe Margot Robbie is our Harley Quinn. I know a lot of people would say that the animated actress maybe would be their Harley Quinn. I personally think Margot Robbie is is my Harley Quinn. However, I don't think she has had her best moment on screen yet. And I think that will come down the line with James Gunn again. So we'll see. I, she really hasn't been given... I mean, Birds of Prey, I think, is an okay movie. It's still probably not a great Harley Quinn movie, though. Yeah. Because, like, I... Like you were saying, I don't think she's been given her dues yet, really. Like, they've, they've focused movies around her, but I think there's there's a lot more left in that tank. You have Margot Robbie and an IP that sells right now. Like, just make a, just make a Harley Quinn movie with her, like, getting back at the Joker or her and Poison Ivy or something. Like, they need to just go all in on it, like, now before Harley Quinn's IP doesn't sell as much as it is right now craziest thing too is that bare feet scene where she's hanging from her hands she did that stunt oh, yeah yeah she did Wild. that stunt by herself picked up the keys That's put them in the awesome. lock and she did it. she unlocked it it's with wild. her feet yeah wow like she she is an incredible actress she puts time and effort into her characters margot robbie's a remarkable actress this is just a great example to me of like man warner brothers you let James Gunn go 95% of the way. Can you let him go the last 5% and give us that mm-hmm. perfect DC movie that we've always wanted? Sure. And I, we've had this discussion several times on this podcast. DC is better than Marvel if done right. Yeah. It just will be. Yeah. It will. The, the Justice right. League is better than anything Marvel has. The Avengers were not a like household name until Marvel did what they did. Like Justice League was still the household name. So... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's interesting. I King Shark was great too. Sylvester Stallone, man. I mean, yeah. Like James fantastic. Gunn always brings back the same people. It seems like yeah. Like I'm kind of shocked. I know Batista originally was going to be Peacekeeper, but it didn't work out for his scheduling or whatever reason. Hadn't. But James Gunn <laughs> just even if it's the same beats in some ways as Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. I still like it. And I I I loved how they did the title cards of transition in time or like warner brothers presents with the blood i thought that was great they did some really creative transitions in this movie too which i think has been i think generally in comic book movies is kind of lacking like they just kind of move on to the next thing but they did yeah james gunn did a lot of really cool transitions in this movie which i thought was fun is it fair to say that the music almost felt like he was really trying to push the music in there yeah music was wasn't that good no, because Guardians and Galaxy, like, it made sense. Like, it's on his speakers thing. It's like, that's what he's listening to. This was kind of like, okay, James Good, we know this is your thing, but, like, the the music, it was a, it was hit or miss for me. There were some spots that I really liked, and some spots I was like, this is kind of forced here, but it's James Gunn, so that's kind of what you're going to get. But, God, that, my, my favorite scene probably still has to be where Bloodsport and, the Peace, and Peacemaker are going through the camp that we found out to be like the refugees. Oh, 100%. And they're like, and they're like just <laughs> trying to do crazy kill shots the whole time. 
and then you get the then you get the reveal at the end they just kill the entire like refugee camp. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that was yeah great. no doubt best scene and like there's full frontal male nudity in that scene dude like just like there is some th- this this movie had some <laughs> wild wild things well we we touched on it a little bit just like you there's characters that you never thought you would like like i think we all thought polka dot man was going to be dead at the beginning like mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. too many people thought he was going to make it and he becomes one of the stars of the movie. And then like the the mom thing oh, and how James amazing. Gunn incorporated that. That was an amazing bit. That's great. <laughs> I will say that's one of my gripes in this movie is that he just dies after all that we've been through with him. That was a little shocking and I was like, "Oh, come on now. Like we've we've grown attached to this guy through this movie." But that's that that's the weight of it though, you know? you finally get that i'm a superhero right and, and i i would have i would have it probably would have been earned a little bit more if he died a different like if he died a little bit more <laughs> dramatically instead of just the way like it was done just for laughs and i get that but it to me it just was like cutting him short after after we had grown to love this character so i i was not really a fan of of that yes but at the same time where do you go with a polka dot man? You know, like what's the, what's the next, what's the next step for polka dot man? Well, and I would have been fine if he died. I'm just saying the way he died, I I felt was a little under, um, like they, they cut him off on that, which is a, a little bit of a bummer to me. Yeah, well, and that shows your attachment to the character that shows how, how, how passionate you were for this character arc. Right, exactly. And you know, who would have thought before this movie that we'd be getting attached to him Polka or even man. King Shark, too? King like, Shark we were getting attached Rat to King Shark. Two. Oh, like. my gosh, Rat Catcher 2. Like, the emotional, like, side of this movie was something I was not expecting at all. And with Rat Catcher 2 and um, with, with uh, it's Bloodsport, right? I always get Bloodshot and Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Mix up Bloodsport. Bloodsport and Rat Catcher 2 there were some fantastic moments with those two that made me just really, really adore this movie more than I thought I would have. So that, that hats off to James Gunn for, for pushing that emotional aspect through in this movie that could have just been blood guts and laughs, you know? So yeah, James Gunn has a, has a knack for making you care about characters. Maybe you shouldn't like even Starro at the end, that last line, like, I was so happy among the stars for Starro. Like even that like hit home for me. I was like, dang, <laughs> like that was, om- that, that was mm-hmm. almost like the, uh, I may not be your daddy, but I am your papa line or whatever that line is. Yeah. Like, right. Yep. That simple one liners that just like hit deep. I mean, obviously Starro, we didn't have that big of a connection with, but just that little line, like maybe, maybe like kind of feel bad for Starro in a brief moment. But James Gunn is so good with those those little little things and that like Max said, those that attention to detail and giving like Starro being mad a purpose. And like it's huge to get for DC to get to get James Gunn when Marvel kicked him out for a brief time. That's the other thing too about this movie that's so fascinating, Robbie, is how much of this was an answer to what Marvel did. Like how oh, much 100%. of this you could tell he wanted this to be so good. You could tell he was like, oh, I yeah. want, I want right. to go to DC and show you that I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally do this without Kevin Feige, and 
sure, Marvel brought him back, but you could tell even with the writing, it's like for Ratcatcher 1 and 2 to be the center point and heart of this movie, you could just sense there was a little bit of him speaking to that situation through that character and those characters. I, I, I really, really, that was not lost on me watching this, and I felt him sending a message to Marvel in this. And I'm glad that it worked out for him in Marvel. Don't get me wrong, but man, it there's an interesting timeline out there too, a multiverse that he stays with DC and starts to light it up. Cause they, they let him have any character he wanted. That was what they said. You can do anybody you want because we got you. Well, and I'm sure he, before he agreed to, you know, do this film, he also, you know, made the stipulation, I will do what I want with this movie. Like, I, I will have the final say, I will have the final cut, um, you know, just with WB's history of all the stuff that's gone down with Zack Snyder and even David Ayer that we're finding out about the previous Suicide Squad. So, I mean... No, that was just yeah. Suicide Squad. This is the Suicide Squad. Yes, right, Suicide Squad. Just tried um, to ask about how they connect at the beginning of the movie. I was like, they don't. They forget don't. that movie. <laughs> Harley Quinn and Boom, Captain Boomerang and Rick Flag were both in it, but like, let's forget about that movie. Mm-hmm. Right. I will. You know what? I was actually a little. I was a little shocked that they killed off Boomerang right away too, because he's kind of been. I actually liked I guess, Boomerang. He was kind of. I know. I kind of liked him a little bit. So, was, but you know what? I mean, we at the beginning of the movie, we knew that a lot of those characters were gonna die, and so the way he died, it just it made sense. But I was a little. Oh, it was kind of sad that he did i definitely wasn't sad when pete davidson's face got blown off at the beginning was perfect like, oh, yeah all right there's something very nice about pete davidson getting killed like that <laughs> not gonna lie yeah and it's i mean i like him he's a good Satisfying. actor it's, it's it's not even necessarily indicative of him just pete davidson has a very like punchable face yeah i, I agree so, like, it looks like he's watching been that happen to times. him like you, you just kind of felt like yeah that was kind of satisfying I don't know why. That was satisfying. He, he, I mean, he he did do a dick move, so he kind of deserved it. But I totally, hundred percent. Like, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. Before we <laughs> transition to Spider-Man: No Way Home, did Amanda Waller plan for that to happen? Or oh yeah, hundred percent. Did yes. she know that was going to happen? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. she knew. They, yeah, she knew. Pretty it was sure they alluded to that, like after right. it happened. Yeah, it, it felt like up they in were the, the air enough. It felt up in the air enough that it might not be real. That's why that that that, that you could interpret it as as she didn't. You, what's interesting is that. Um, Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg were on the team that were going to get massacred, and she knew that. Like, she she potentially knew that all of them were going to die. Well, she's probably tying up loose ends, team. though. She wanted Harley like, Quinn right. dead for sure. Yeah, she wanted them yeah. dead. Yeah, it's so, just, yeah the it's Rick Flagg is probably the only question mark, to be honest. Yeah, Rick Flagg she probably felt a little bad about, but in the long run, probably not that bad. You got to remember in the well, in the Suicide Squad that I just said, forget about, she literally killed everyone in that room that was working for <laughs> Yep, true. Like, th- that was the only, like, inconsistency that kind of bothered me if you connected both movies. But, yeah, if you f- we just forget about the first one. That and the idea that, like, the people in the room were, like, setting these bets up on, like, That's who was going to die first. And then at the end, they're, like, all of a sudden they care about kids. That did not feel consistent to me. No. Yeah. Didn't feel consistent. That's all. But yeah, those are small things that I can let go because James Gunn's awesome. Right. These these feel like yep. true nitpicks to me. I I just I King I, Shark joke and I'm good. For sure. I want to <laughs> do a 5.5 on this one, Robbie. But I think the reason I got to stay at 5 is I think the Harley Quinn arc really does mess up for me. I think it that's really what, does yeah. make this movie lag for me and that's a that I, that's such a bummer because this is a movie in my opinion that I should come on here and give a 6. 
Because yeah, everybody what I, else That's what moved it from a six for me. Like, yeah. I just couldn't get over, like, when I think about that movie, I think about those boring times we were watching Harley Quinn. Yeah. And, like, some really bad, like, Harley Quinn jokes. Like, with that guy with the... Javelin, I think is his name. Yep, exactly. Um, when she was like, do what? Do, do what? Like, this joke is so stupid. Like shut up like yeah i, I mean it's care. james gunn humor that's how it goes right i mean like some are gonna land some aren't is what it is all right let's uh transition to spider-man no way home the synopsis for this movie on imdb reads for the first time in cinematic history spider-man our friendly neighborhood hero is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life from the high stakes of being a superhero when he asks for help from dr strange the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. It's directed by John Watts, who directed the previous two Spider-Man films that are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and attached to Civil War. It stars Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Zendaya as MJ, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, uh, Marissa Tomei as May Parker, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, and... It Praise says this, we'll say, we'll say Benedict Wong and Alfred Molina are also in this as well. It says on IMDb that Willem Dafoe is in it. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Jamie Foxx has confirmed he's on it, so we'll say him. J.B. Smoove has confirmed he's on it as well. <laughs> and Jacob Batalon's in it as well as Ned Leeds. There's a lot of interesting storylines here. Let's talk about them before we talk about the trailer. First off... I believe of the three of us, I was the only... I believe of all the Infinity Bros, I was the only one to watch the leaked footage. So I yeah, watched I the... Did you watch it, Isaac? Did you give in to the pressure like I did? No, nope, I did not. I, I heard it was leaked, and Weak. I was like, nope, I'm I gave you guys... The, yep, I said, if you wanted, here it is. And trailer. you guys were like, no, I'll wait. And I think that was... In in the grand scheme of how long we waited, I thought that was the right move. Right, yeah. If you had waited like a couple weeks, couple I'd have been like, nah, I'm glad I watched it. But you I probably I probably would have gave in if it was more than a couple days, probably. But I knew it was coming out. I figured as soon as they released it that we were getting so, it. So I watched, I watched the trailer beforehand. We'll talk about the trailer here in a moment. Couple things on this that are just... This is like... Okay. So again, some of the stuff I'm sharing here comes from the Reddit... So the subreddit, Marvel Studios spoilers. There's not a guarantee though with this subreddit that all this is true. Okay, people. So, but I want to talk about it because it's it's the hot topic here with all this, and I don't think this trailer. How do I say this? I don't think that this movie gets nearly as much hype. If we think there's any chance that these two characters aren't in it, and that's the previous Spider-Man. Oh, that's yeah. Right? And I, I, we have to we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room here on this. So there are alleged pictures out there right now that have been copyrighted of Andrew Garfield in a Spider-Man outfit on a blue screen set that are new. They are new pictures. I will attach these in the show notes if you'd like to see them. Robbie and Isaac, I won't show them to you just but you can envision what they Not look like. Not to mention, there are also several toy leaks out there that have uh, both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man suits that have the Spider-Man No Way Home logo on them. Like it, like those are official toys that are that are c- coming out. So 
there are plenty of leaks out there. Additionally, there is another leak, and I'm going to say this in quotes because it's it's not for sure yet. Little bits. This is a, yeah. That's this truly is a little bit. You're right. Little bits. That Matt Murdock is in this movie, and that Matt Murdock yeah, is yeah. the lawyer of Tom Holland's no. Peter Parker in the beginning of this. Some people believe he's the person slamming the books on the table in the trailer. I don't think he's that guy. But apparently there's a lot of people, Daniel RPK, just a lot of big reviewers, or I'm sorry, uh, spoiler leaks guys and gals that are saying that Matt Murdock is in this. It's it's pretty confident that that's going to happen. And it it involves that detective interrogation scene when he comes in is is up to, like, you know, your your mind can wander on that. So the question I have for each of you not is this. That. Okay, so okay, let's start with that. So you're not buying that Matt Murdock's in this. Percentage chance, Robbie, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't give it a zero. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be safe and give it a 10%. I, it, based on what people are trying to say, like this is Matt Murdock defending Spider-Man, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense because matt murdoch helps like like the small like the little guy you know right he'd be like defending he'd be like defending tom holland if anything i i think like unless they try to go with like no one wants to touch spider-man the avenger at defense and they and like he's the only one that will do it like if they go that route that would be my 10 percent. but if i can think of that storyline sitting here in a chair like in Minnesota, then they're paying someone way too much freaking money. I, I, but <laughs> like, I, I think what I love dumb. about your analogy here is that like being in Minnesota totally drops us off of like the creative <laughs> scope of making a reasonable choice in a movie. Isaac, I'm curious, what do you is is Murdoch in this? I'm like, um, honestly, I, I would give it a fifty percent chance. I think there's a decent chance that he's in it. Um, I don't think that he is the guy in the trailer that everybody's looking at. Uh, but I think he will probably appear in this movie. I mean, nothing is out of the realm of possibility as we saw in the last, you know, 10, 15 seconds of the trailer. So I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say that he is probably in this movie. And I please bleat Charlie Cox. I'm about 80% on it that he's in it, to be honest, because it just feels too one because these these Reddit leaks. This is such a specific thing. This is a very specific thing to be saying. It's a little different than saying like this character is going to appear. There's actual like people saying he's in this scene doing this at this, and I'm not going to get into that because I don't. Yeah, kind of like potential Mephisto spoilers. Wasn't one just kind of like that. I'm really sure well, about that. well, with one, <laughs> really I will sure say this about, about WandaVision. With WandaVision, there was no like leaks. <laughs> There were no leaks of like who's going to be in it. It was all speculation. But they put the so speculation is, in the show. The difference is, is these are like leak people saying he's in it. This isn't just Marvel, Max and pontificating. And then Marvel saying they're not. Yeah, Max crazy. and Mark pontificating is a completely different th- thing than <laughs> Daniel RPK going out there, who's got like a, a you know a seven hundred, uh, a seventy percent chance of being right saying this stuff. That, that's the point I'm making. So, uh, I'll I think he, there's a good chance he's in it. What is the chance that Garfield and Maguire are in it? I think that's a done deal. I think there's like a hundred percent chance think so too. that these guys. I are think there's ninety nine. Nothing's with, guaranteed. I'll say ninety nine. With Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx back, like I, I think it's a done deal. Like they have to be in it at this point. They're okay, but there's a difference. 
there's a difference between their suits are in it, and it's like you see them as their suits, and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield actually being in it. Well, I think that, yeah, I think that goes along with how much are they in it, because if they just show up as Spider-Man and fight for five minutes or something, that's different than them being a central part of the okay. plot. Well, that's that's what and I that's, I just wanted to clarify, because like if you're saying they're in it, I am in agreement. I think there's a 90, what Max say, 99% chance that they're in it, that Spider-Man from those universe, those multiverses is in it, isn't it? I'd say like a 75% chance that all three of them are on screen mask off at the same time. Yeah, that's so low to me, Robbie. I I think it's 99%, but I, I, here's the thing. And to me, I think all three of us are in agreement. They're probably going to be in this. So then the next question I have with all this, and we're going to get to the trailer people. I know you're like, let's talk about the trailer, but this stuff's important Peter. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Is this second trailer, do you have to put them in it? No, I say no. no. I, I think they're gonna, dude. I think they're gonna do I it. I hope they don't. I, I hope, hope they, they don't, don't too, but I think they're gonna. They maybe they do like they do like the end of the trailer, like a tease, and they put down like you see Tom Holland Spider Man, and then you see like the foot of another Spider Man. Yeah, right. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't see know the whole who it suit. is. If they show us, like if they show us Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire, I think they, that's a huge failure. I honestly do. I don't know. I don't know what that is because again, this gets to the question at hand is, is the, is the person who has little engagement to the MCU, but definitely has engagement to previous Spider-Man movies going to not be interested in this or not have knowledge of this. I think or is just this having just Doc so Ock big? in it is enough. Just I think so too. Doc That's Ock a good point. Yeah. Is enough in those trailers. I think it is too. And then plus like the casual fan or whatever you want to call it, they're going to hear about it after opening night anyways like they're gonna hear yeah, word of mouth you know, about all the people that are in quick. it they're gonna probably still go see it before it's out of theaters so i don't think you know i don't think they're super concerned about that i again this is marvel slash disney they probably want yeah i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they do show them i think it would make up i think it would be a mistake i think it would be it, it would be it would be a batman v superman doomsday level mistake yeah, I agree with that. I think I just think right now they they can't fumble the bag on this, right? You you have to do this part, and, and clearly they care about it and they understand the weight of what these trailers are going to do. Right, and we're we're gonna get to the trailer in a sec, people. Calm down. But <laughs> but I gotta say, like like this trailer was so cryptic. Three hundred fifty five point five million global views in twenty four hours absolutely obliterates Endgame. By 70 million views. I mean, that you're talking... Wild. That shows that they do not need to show the other Spider-Man. Tons of people re-watching this bad boy. This, there was a leak that said this was going to come out at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central two days ago, which would have been the 23rd of August, which also, by the way, really weird Easter egg, but that was the same date as on WandaVision on their calendar. Some people think that was them saying it. I... I think that just happened to coincide with it. I, uh, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Kevin Feige. <sighs> if we talk about Cinema James Gunn with the if details. If Con wasn't happening, I very yeah, highly I think, doubt it would have been I think that's a happy accident because right Sony, Sony just doesn't play like that, in my opinion. Um, it generated 1.56 million men- mentions on Twitter, 
which was one was 0.18 million mentions, so 180,000 more mentions on Twitter than Endgame. Again, this is compared to Endgame. This isn't like the other Spider-Man movies. Yeah, the biggest um, the biggest superhero movie in existence. Yes. So this teaser this really did do its job in what they wanted it to do from a marketing perspective. Obviously, Doctor Strange is in it. We'll talk a little more about that. Isaac, you are the residential Spider-Man fanboy on this podcast. What is your rating of this of this trailer? I'm pretty confident I know what it is, but just say it for me anyway. I am actually giving this trailer a 5.5 out oh, of 6. Oh, okay. I didn't um, know it. Here's why. I think, I mean, you mentioned it at the beginning of this. So, okay, for those of you who haven't seen it, you should probably go watch it before we're talking about this. But in the last 15 seconds of the trailer, we see a succession of potentially three to five villains that are going to be in this three basically confirmed and then two that are kind of iffy that people are saying are confirmed but really are kind of i don't know Uh, but we get obviously we get the alfred molina doc ock he pops up at the end we get willem dafoe laughing and the pumpkin bomb thrown on the bridge which is i mean like 99.999 percent confirmation that he's in it they don't see names. They don't, you know, we don't see his face. Uh, we get Electro uh, in the lightning that is happening, and we already know that Jamie Foxx is in it. And we get a lot of sand kicked up, right? That is the electric is kicking up, which people are speculating could be Sandman. And then there's a mysterious hooded black figure in the scene right before all this happens that a lot of people are saying, I don't really understand how people are saying this is lizard for sure, because I've slowed it down. I've slowed it down a hundred times and I cannot for the life of me, see really anything. Well, are you ready for this? Isaac, are you ready for this? John Watts confirmed it is lizard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. When when did this happen? He confirmed it yesterday. Yesterday. He He confirmed it. Confirmed that lizard. Okay. Well, I missed that. Yeah. All right. So we got lizard in him. Okay, so so yeah, then we got five villains here that are going to be in it, but they, I mean, this this trailer plays so much off of this nostalgia from these from these other Spider-Man movies, which I think is fantastic. I love, but I think it carries the trailer a little bit. Like we're not all hyped about the rest of this trailer. We're hyped about that last fifteen seconds of all those villains that we see, or I am at least. So that's why I give it a five point five. Otherwise, great trailer. The only part that is weird to me is, and I think this is because it's a trailer. Marvel does this. They lead us astray, and they point us in the wrong direction. They did it with Far From Home, with Mysterio saying that he was from another multiverse. Uh, Doctor Strange just going ahead and doing this spell to wipe everybody, everybody's minds of the idea that Peter Parker is Spider-Man is, it seems very irresponsible, and again, you know, MCU Doctor Strange is very arrogant and like fully would believe that he can do this. So that's not really too far out of character for him. Yeah. But I feel like we're missing some context here, which I think I think we're going to get revealed, you know, obviously, as time goes on and we see the movie. But I, I don't know that that part just doesn't sit well with me. And I I'm really excited to see where it goes, because I think Marvel's trying to pull one over on us in in this trailer. So I, I think it's a fantastic trailer. Do I put it in my top five trailers of stuff I've ever seen? I don't think so. Maybe maybe it makes the cut at like five or four or five. 
but it's it's definitely it's definitely a hype trailer and not like a trailer trailer available right now um i will tell you my number one we don't want we don't want you have that trailer list we gotta keep moving we're Isaac, of course, talks for an eternity on the trailer just to give it a five and a half out of six. I don't, I didn't really like it, but let me talk for fifteen minutes. Let me about tell you I about it, okay? I'm telling you, man. I've, I've poured I know, over this. You got a lot of notes on it. Lot. I'm happy for it. So, okay, now I'll let you guys go in. Thank what you, do you so much. Think about Rob, what I've said. Thank you so much, Robbie. Can you share with us your thoughts, please? Yeah, I, I gave the trailer a four point six nine. Um. I think kind of the same things that that Isaac was hitting on. Um, the honestly, the the Spider Man and the Doctor Strange arc seemed odd to me, and maybe they are leading us astray. But like the whole "woe is me, everyone knows who I am now" thing in in the in the Marvel universe that they've created shouldn't be that big of a deal. In my opinion, I'd push back on that. I'd push back on that being in high school, being in high school. And and, I mean, we remember we were made fun of for everything in high school. I but this is a kid that was like, you know, his IQ level is off the charts. He doesn't have to go to high school. Sure. I I guess I'm just saying I'm speaking from the perspective here of like he doesn't have any money and he's a high schooler and and he's feeling that pressure. Well, we can blame Tony Stark for him not having any money. Tony oh, Stark could have <laughs> sent him some money after he died. But, you know, sure. you think a guy that smart would have good some contingencies that the, you know, the Avengers yeah. initiative That's a, good point. Just That's fall a very apart. very good loophole. I agree yeah. there. So, uh, just that part of it like took it down a little bit for me. Um the thing that the villains are cool, obviously. The villains are really cool. What I'm most interested in is I believe that when Doctor Strange is casting that spell, it's not really Peter that messes it up. I believe that that's the moment Kang was waiting for from the Loki series. That's when Kang went, there it is. Hmm. You know when time started splitting and everything? Peter probably maybe, maybe caused some of that to happen but in my head like it just made sense like king waited for that exact moment to happen for dr strange to mess up mess up the multiverse and send everything haywire do you think that could have paralleled with what was happening with wanda in new jersey absolutely i think i think like do you think those those things are happening at the same time i think it's all happening at the same time i think this is what marvel is setting up like that's that's my opinion. That's the thing that I took away the most from the trailer. Like the scenes, all the the nostalgia villains is very cool, but like I just I can't get like what happened. Why did the multiverse split so badly? And that's what set Kang off. Like that's the thought in my head that I just can't get out. Like this this all ties together, and it's Marvel pulling these little strings for us to you know ponder about. It, man, I I want to hate this trailer. I just can't. This is so <laughs> awesome. This is so cool, guys. Like, I, it's so good. Oh, it is. Man. I I, 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 mean, I saw I was, the rough I copy. Out this I watched the rough copy. Time. That's I'm, your. I'm problem. the guy that did it, and I'll tell you what. I couldn't. I thought when I watched that 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 it was fake. It just looked too good to be true. Some of it, and then to watch it in HD. On my phone, but in like, in, in a like more high definition should. outlook, I think this is exactly what we are ready for. This, 
This has been earned. This is I, I would go as far as this is earned for Sony. This makes a ton of sense to me. It ma- it makes complete sense that Peter Parker's mouth would be the reason that gets him in the trouble. As Spider Man, it makes complete sense to me that Doctor Strange would mess with this as a favor to somebody who helped him in Endgame. And let's also remember, Spider Man and Doctor Strange were on Titan together, so. I think there is a deeper connection there that people aren't giving credit for. So I do think Dr. Strange is loyal to him. So I, from a character development perspective, I think that's okay. Personally, I'll wait to see more. I will. I'm going to give this a 5.8 out of six simply because uh, the only gripe I have with this is that I'm nervous. I mean, I don't know how to say this. I, there's a lot of like Dr. Strange callbacks in this. There's a lot of Dr. Strange callbacks in this. This movie has to be the greatest homage to Spider-Man of all time. If this movie drop fumbles the bag in any way at all, this is going to be the biggest failure Marvel's ever had. Do you think it'd be better than Spider-Man 2? I think so, personally. I, I think, think it, this do you is think it has to be better than Spider-Man 2? I think it does. I, maybe that's the pressure I'm putting on it. Like, this is so, like, this is all or nothing. This is all or nothing to me. I feel like you just, if this is a convoluted mess, that's a huge problem. And it's a huge problem, too, because of what they're doing with Venom over in Sony. And so, I mean, there's a chance that we could walk out of this movie, guys. And I know people might not want to hear this right now, but there's a chance that Tom Holland does not end up in our universe, in our MCU universe. There's, there's a, a chance, chance Venom up, shows up in this there, crap. Yeah, or there's a chance he ends up in Venom's <laughs> universe and we get... Andrew Garfield, or we get Tobey Maguire, and that's our Spider-Man moving Super forward. Super old Tobey Maguire, and and but everybody remembers him as that. I I think there is a chance of that. So I oh I don't my know. Gosh, that um, was amazing. I think this trailer is amazing. I it's it's hard to nitpick it. To see Alfred Molina say hello, Peter, yeah, was an was absolute fantastic. was an absolute treat for me. To know that Jamie Foxx isn't going to be blue in this. Seeing that lightning be um, yellow felt agree. so good for my soul because Jamie Foxx did a great job playing that character, I thought. I agree. I agree so much with that. He got t- way too much hate for that role. I he did. He, that role. he did. He was all in on that. No, he was all in on it. And and yeah. there is, yeah. and I'm saying 99% chance because nothing is for sure. There's no way that Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire aren't in this at the end of it, Isaac. There's just no way. They're in this. Like you, you don't show me Alfred Molina first trailer and not have them. Everyone, it's the elephant in the room. We all know what we want. Give us what we want, and give us an ending that's that's that sacrifices some people. Go ahead and kill a Mary Jane, kill, kill Zendaya's character, <laughs> or kill one of these Spider Men, dude. Or they kill know, Ned. Something they kill Ned, and he comes back stakes. as Hobgoblin in the next Spider Man movie. That's what's gonna happen. You can do this. This is what this movie needs to do. If they kill Ned, I'll never watch a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, totally. Oh, I agree. I This this <laughs> is, has to be all or nothing. This trailer was bomb for me. The expectations couldn't be higher for this movie, which is a huge problem for Sony. <laughs> That's a huge problem to me for Sony. Um, but I do think that this group has, has the chops. I think John Watts has earned the right to tell this story. I think it's cool that Defoe and Fox and Molina are coming back. I think it's cool that Wong is in this and that Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. I would assume that Wong is going to get tied up for something in Shang-Chi. That's my assumption here, that he's not going to be in this long. This is going to be right before Shang-Chi. That's my assumption. So, but we'll see. 
that's uh that's our review of this. Uh, any other thoughts on it before we go to our last topic? Man, the the sheer joy that I felt when Willem Dafoe like had his cackle and the pumpkin pumpkin bomb dropped on the bridge. Oh, because I did not think we were gonna get like a a goblin reveal in this trailer. That was the shock to me. I, I love was, J. Jonah Jameson's oh, portrayal oh, yeah. as an online. J.K. Simmons is the best J. Jonah Jameson ever. He's like, the only one. Oh, he's the. He's There's it. no one. He's the Mount Rushmore. He's alone. There's nobody else. Yeah, they've been pushing him as like this online presence now, and it's not Daily Bugle anymore. Like even like and like, isn't it like DailyBugle.net? I don't or know, something but it's like, like, like yeah, like, it's like the it's, online thing because it's the same it in a Miles Morales the video game. Like he's this online personality now. I think Which it's great. Makes sense. I think it's great, and I think it absolutely—it's so perfect for the times. So perfect. Hey, thanks for sticking us with with us this episode. As always, you can send us your feedback and your reviews and ratings for this on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Shoot us an email at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Let's talk about what if the last two episodes. Let's talk about what if T'Challa was Star Lord, and what if the world lost its mightiest heroes. Uh, Jeffrey Wright obviously plays the watcher in this. A m- bunch of actors come back to portray roles. I'm not going to really talk about those guys today. But let's talk about our ratings for episode two first, the T'Challa episode. This is seemingly, unless T'Challa comes back in another episode, which I'm assuming he will. They confirmed t- that he's in four episodes, four what-if episodes. Benedict, or gotcha. Benedict Cumberbatch. So this is the first of four episodes First one for Chadwick Boseman. Let's talk about that episode first. What did we think of what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? What was our rating of that episode, Robbie? I would give that episode a solid five out of six. Um, that that had all the makings and feelings of a, like a, a big budget movie that they like had to cut a lot out of. But gosh, the the <laughs> the Thanos lines like those are like oh my I, I'm amazed that like Twitter has not like ran with those more and maybe they have and I just missed it but like those lines are hilarious I think they're trying to well like I'm giving them a lot of credit but I was I was hoping it, they haven't done that yet because of spoilers but at, at this point nobody cares about spoilers. no not in the what if series like but, once it's out like it's it's out there like it's everywhere but gosh those lines are so freaking good um Ugh, so good the, and Chadwick Boseman as a like super lovable well-known like star lord everything that peter quill wants to be like it is a really fun twist on it i hate the uh the tweet that that went out and we saw we saw this on the geek nation uh uh facebook page um but it was t'challa star lord was better in 30 minutes than peter quill ever as star lord i thought that was a load of bs because like they made him out to be a super likable guy that's the whole point like i i love star lord everyone's just still mad at star lord for infinity war but yeah <laughs> but <laughs> pretty no, much the, i th- i think that's unfair but beyond that i love the episode um the collector being this big bad like muscle-bound villain that uses his all of his tools to do whatever he wants i thought was really interesting i kind of wish that was i wish he was an actual villain um, and him having all of like the Avengers items like at his disposal, I thought was fantastic. Um, so yeah, solid five point five. Definitely, definitely a must see. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go next for the Tatala episode. 
six out of six. I thought this was dynamite. I thought this was exactly how you send off. I really, really hope Chadwick Boseman has great performances because to me, this would be the perfect way for him to end his career as even an actor. I just, I've had an issue with this series in a couple ways. And one of the issues is not all the voice actors are doing a good job. Like it, it, I'm, I'm kind of actually sitting back going like, you know what? They probably didn't need everybody to come back. Like it probably is in the long run, a good thing that Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are coming back for this now because some of these portrayals have been really robotic and just, they, they don't translate mm-hmm. as well. This this is not the case for Bozeman. It is clear and obvious he knew what was coming in his life, and he knew that he had to give everything he had for this role. Because I think he just knew. He's like, this is really important. i got to get as many of these things out there as I can because I don't know how long I got. So uh, great episode. I loved. I did not enjoy the first episode nearly as much as the next two because I felt like the first episode was very vanilla and just it was Captain America, but if – if Peggy was yeah. Captain America. That's just basically right, yeah. the only difference right. to me with a couple different things. This felt a completely different story. The universe completely shifted and changed because of this one decision. And so that was exciting, and that's how every episode, in my opinion, should be. The weirder, the better. We do need Cosmo. We do need Howard the, D- the Duck. We do need those characters to be inserted into these episodes. And so I, I six out of six, I thought it was great. The animation's dynamite, too, on this series, too, as well. Uh, Isaac, go ahead. Yeah, I also agree with you, Max. I think this episode was six out of six. Chadwick Boseman is amazing. I love how they portray him and just the fact that he was able to sit down with Thanos and and convince him not to murder half the universe is fantastic. That was one of my biggest surprises in this episode was when Thanos showed up and he was on his side. That was great. that That was amazing. Um, yeah, everything about this episode was great. And the, the best part about this episode, um, to me was that it felt like a true what if episode, because in the last, like, you know, five minutes of the show, we saw that everything was fine and dandy. Everything was great with Star-Lord, with T'Challa as Star-Lord. But then we found out that Chris Pratt, or I guess, uh, Star-Lord, what's his name in the show? I, Peter gosh, Quill. I forgot his name. Peter Quill. He is working at a Dairy Queen. Uh, he actually is the child of Ego, and Ego comes to get him, presumably to kill him, and Peter Quill is not going to be able to save the world. And probably T'Challa won't be able to save the world or won't care because he's off in the universe doing other things. So that's like a perfect what-if episode to me, is if guess what all these cool things happen, but also some bad but things. But ego, ego isn't going for Peter Quill to kill him though. As it keeps too. coming, he wants him to come be a god with him. Like Peter Quill is now now um, has. That's what he t- that's what he tells year. all of his children, and then consumes them. Don't don't you remember Guardians of the Galaxy two and the pit of bones that was on but ego the living planet his, of, for all of his no, children no, no, that the, he consumed them. Those, but those were the kids that yeah, couldn't the, those handle all the those kids that he consumed. Peter Quill can. Yeah, exactly. Right, but yeah, but Peter Quill can when it, he's no, Star Lord. Can he when he's a Being dude? Star Lord didn't. It make does him, matter. No, it does matter. Why? Why? Yes, it does. It does you, because you, he Isaac's, learns, Isaac's argument here is be, is based on his upbringing. That's why he can he, he learned as Star Lord how to use the skills and and that's stuff like that. That's just inside of him. He, he didn't know about that stuff world. as Star Lord. What do you mean? That doesn't make yeah, any but sense. He, how is he gonna? How does he gonna know about it as Peter Quill working a Dairy Queen? Because now his dad is control is gonna be controlling him, and he's gonna bring that power out of him. I think it's a setup. 
Like, I think it's a setup for future episodes. It's a what if. Like, now you have two. To me, that part meant that Ego is going to destroy the world because Peter Quill was not there to stop him. That's what that meant to me. And that that was like what that's what I want in a what if is well either way it's either there's way a lot of really good things stories. different things that happen right yeah and and it just you you felt the weight of that at the end I felt the weight of it and even if you have a wrong opinion like Robbie you probably felt the weight of that episode as for well. sure yeah so. Robbie's I think we all can agree Robbie has better been I think here's here's where I would interject on this and this is kind of like the whole show's issue for me right now I don't like how they're not showing the consequences at the end of the episode of what's happened. They show some of the consequences, but I want to hear the watcher go because this happened, this didn't happen because this didn't you, happen. This how many episodes happen. do we get? And how many episodes are there? Or what if we get a lot, eight or nine, I think is what we get. And and I think the idea See, is, I was thinking they might come back to these. Stories. That's what I was saying. I think they're going to come back to these universes. I think you're right. I guess for me, I just want to see more. I talk of what the, because that, that's a great example to me, Isaac, of a consequence that, yes, the universe was awesome and saved and everything was fine and dandy, but if Peter Quill does work out as a celestial with Ego, the living planet, then everybody's screwed, right? Because every planet has Ego on it. He, he planted a part of himself on every planet. So I want to see these consequences play out in these universes that are really great. Or like, for example, with episode three, which we're just going to transition into nicely, I want to see what happens at the end now that the world's mightiest heroes are gone. So let's talk about episode three. What if someone killed the future Avengers before Nick Fury could recruit them? This one stars Jeffrey Wright, obviously. Samuel L. Jackson. Lake Bell plays Natasha Romanoff. She did a tremendous Absolutely. job. She did an amazing job. She's great, man. She's a great actress, too. And I was I couldn't believe it was her when I read that. Mick Didn't even realize it wasn't Scarlet Yeah, Jackson. Mick Winger plays uh, uh, Tony Stark. Clark Gregg returns as Agent Coulson. Uh, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, Frank Gr- Grillo as Brock Rumlow, uh, Stephanie Pancello plays Betty Ross. I thought for sure that was Liv Tyler. I thought it was too. I thought I it was Liv Tyler. I was like, they there. brought her back. I didn't know they brought her back. Mark Ruffalo and then Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston himself, then Jamie Alexander's back, and then kind of disappointed uh, again. This is a spoiler. I'm Ruffalo. giving you a spoiler warning before episode three. Last chance. Michael Tom- Michael Douglas comes back to play Dang. Hank, Dang. and we find out he is the one. Who kills everybody? Oh uh, man! I'm gonna. St- I'll start with my review on this because I haven't gone first yet. This episode was was really really solid and strong. I liked watching it from the perspective of Nick Fury and Natasha Romanoff. I'm gonna give this one a five out of six. I really really am having an issue though with this series of not telling the consequences at the end, guys. The only reason I'm giving episode two a six is because of Chadwick Boseman's performance, but. Right now, I, I'm having, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give a five, a higher than a five right now until I start seeing more consequences here. I see the micro consequences. I want to see some of the macro consequences. And obviously, some of it is left up to the, to the viewer's mind, and I understand that. But this is an episode where we needed to talk about Loki taking over Asgard is a pretty big shift in this universe. Let's talk about why that happens. Uh, and I, But I, I really like that Michael Douglas is... Um, Hank Pym was the bad guy. I liked the way Wait, he was you drawn. Mean Midgard, not Asgard. Oh, Mike, Midgard. <laughs> he took over Midgard. What? He took over Earth. We took over Asgard too, because Thor but died. But his dad's still alive. Well, his dad is in the, his dad was in the sleep. Remember, Odin slept. 
So he was in charge. Was he in Thor one? Gosh, I haven't watched. I, he was the All Father. All I haven't Father watched was Thor sleeping. one in so long. We haven't watched Thor in a long time. We'll have to ask Jared. He watches all the Thors. He loves those movies. <laughs> he loves those movies. Yeah. So I'm gonna give this a five. I I really really am enjoying it. But again, I I do have to make the feedback of I'm not liking how we're not finding out more of what happens. And maybe that's the answer, Robbie. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're gonna give that to me down the line. If that's the case. That is going to make my experience better. But these episodes are too short to not show me more. I'll put it that way. So you got to show me more, even if it's like pictures. Because to me, I'm thinking like Mortal like when you play um, Mortal Kombat or Injustice. And you know when you like you win the tournament and you find out what happens now that that character won the tournament at the end? You get a picture and then like you get the narration of what happens in that universe. That, I want to see something like that with Jeffrey Wright. You want Jeffrey Wright to narrate what happens, the consequences of that world. I want him to tell me way more. He needs to be talking way more than he's yeah, talking. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is great as, yeah, you're, as the don't, watcher. Don't waste Jeffrey Wright just by saying the same line at the beginning of every show. Yeah, and then give me one paragraph at the beginning, one paragraph at the end. No, give right. me more of what him talking. I need him talking more than Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Or Frank Grillo. Come on. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't Isaac. know who that is. Yeah, I'd be down. He's uh, um, he's um, uh, Crossbones, Brock Rumlow, the guy who dies in uh, Civil War. God, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this episode was fantastic. I uh, give it a five point five out of six. Um, I, I think I'm with you, Max. I want to see the consequences because that's that's the what makes a good what if story. Sure, if everything is different, what what happens at the end? That's what we need to know. So I think I'm with you on that. Um, and yeah, give me more of Jeffrey Wright. I'd be absolutely down. Um, I think this episode was awesome because what we're what we're they're able to explore some things that they aren't able to in the live action stuff, like dark themes, like Hank Pym is a serial killer and he's killing Avengers in this. Like that is that's amazing. I I thought the the theme in this one, the dark just kind of like mystery theme was fantastic uh like you said how they drew hank pym at the end just like a desperate guy who Mm -hmm. is ready to kill anybody he wants to and even during that fight scene he kills thor not because he is an avenger but because he knows he or he thinks that nick fury would recruit him as an avenger at that point it's like you could kill anybody you want because yeah they you could make the excuse get nick fury would kill them because or would recruit them as an avenger so you just see the desperation and the the insanity in in his eyes in that final scene and i thought that was fantastic such a great episode i think yeah i think the other um episode two definitely was was more interesting to me and i think you mentioned it max that episode one was cool but it was kind of just like a shot for shot like uh different like it wasn't it's anything that we didn't expect. Genders. Yeah, exactly. The most pilot episode ever. Right. It was a pilot, the pilot episode. of all and we pilots. had seen. Right. We saw probably a good five or ten minutes of the of the episode before it even aired because of promos and and stuff like that. So it's nothing we didn't expect. But yeah, I thought this episode three was was fantastic, and that that makes me excited for the future of this series because they can do a lot of different things that they can't really do in live action. Robbie. Who wins in a fight? Uh Hank Pym or Miss Frizzle in the Magic School Bus? Miss Frizzle. Frizzle? <laughs> Miss Frizzle by a mile. Can really? I tell you why? Yeah. Here's please. here's why. Let's talk about why. Okay, so first off, she can go to space. He can't. 
Let's talk that. Right. Fair. That's okay. that, she can go to True. space. Okay? It's a magic she, school book. It's, a, yeah, it's magic it, versus you science. You totally stole my second point. Magic <laughs> beats science every time. Three, Hank Pym has only a certain amount of Pym particles to work with. The magic school bus True. appears to run on just fun and adventure and right. two to three seasons of, of PBS public funding <laughs> by viewers like you and me, right? So so that's the point we've got to talk about here. And and I think – so Miss Frizzle also is a little more neurotic, I think, than this Hank Pym in this episode too. Miss Frizzle also can like – Straight up bench press for 405. No doubt. No like, doubt. There's pictures. No like, doubt. There's pictures. Yeah. But Proof. Hank Pym can bench more when he's smaller. That's probably so, so I, I don't, I, that to me is a bit of a wash. Are you sure there's not, but, but are there, isn't there episodes where Miss Frizzle, where, where the magic school bus has the strength of an ant, just like How much can the magic school bus bench? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but like the, the, the even the bigger question then, would Miss Frizzle and the Magic School Bus beat the Avengers? Uh, are the kids with her? Um, I think typically they are. So yeah, I would. That's just yeah, her. it's irresponsible. So I'm gonna say no. <laughs> you don't believe? I don't think they. I don't know if kids. she's got a lesson planned and and she is ready to teach those children. Yeah, this then, is Miss Frizzle went I'd off say the, deep the end Avengers. And is now yeah, on the flip assassins. though, on the flippity flop, she might be if she's like in protection mode. Ooh, yeah, that's a completely different thing. We might I see mean, a different side on this. This is Frizzle. a woman, guys, who let a young man take off his helmet on Pluto. Yeah, she <laughs> and he die. lived and just got a cold. <laughs> like she this has is some like this, she has some magical properties outside of the. This magic is school. a woman who. Went into a sick young man doing a news, doing a news show, and he was sick, in bed, and they went inside of his body <laughs> to see what illnesses he had. This is a show. Is 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 Miss Frizzle more overpowered than Superman? No question. Absolutely. I, agree. I mean, it's the same question as Zatanna. Is Zatanna more powerful than Superman? Yes, I think I think I think Miss Frizzle wins that fight between Zatanna. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think don't Ms. know. Frizzle, <sighs> I think Miss Frizzle might be like the most OP character. Is this? In but is this like a Thor and his hammer fiction. like scenario here? Is this like a Hank Pym and Pym particle scenario? Like, how much does Miss Frizzle hold value in this circumstance without the bus? Well, that's what I said. But like we just talked about it, she's so. She has this power over this magical bus. Why? Why? How? Well, Liz can the the lizard can run the bus. Does the lizard? So I have think I think really the di- bus? the dialogue here is the is is the can the bus beat Superman? I think I think it's a yes. I think I think we're there. I think we agree. I think another I think thing Frizzle you and I agree on. Another thing most, you and I agree on today. Most overpowered fictional cartoon character in existence. I, I didn't we... say that. I did not say that. I just who, said I okay, agreed. Who wins? Who wins in any fight? I well, I think if we're talking Doctor Manhattan, probably uh, yeah, Doctor Manhattan a, was. I was just about to go Doctor Manhattan. Spectre, <laughs> Doctor Fate, maybe Flubber. Uh, okay, Flubber this, was light at live action. Never mind. Flubber was live action, but I believe there was a cartoon, maybe maybe a serial. Yeah. Movie. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, back to uh, the... episode three. What if? Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> episode three. What if? Uh, I I give it a five out of uh, six. I think it was a solid episode. Uh, 
just going I, I brought up that conversation because Captain, hey, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Give me Captain Gumby. Planet. Captain Planet. Gumby. Go ahead. Sorry. Sheesh. Um the idea that uh, a yellow jacket Hank Pym um going out there and just killing people is terrifying to me. I think that's an interesting idea, especially when they don't know what's coming. Um right. as an assassin, I think that's that's a very interesting story. Um gosh, I can't I just can't stop thinking about Miss Frizzle now. <laughs> um well, I, I mean, I, a couple others. So Saitama, right? We haven't even talked about him. Rick Sanchez. Well, yeah, well, but, but One Punch Man's like whole thing is like I, I, I take him out of things. I don't, I don't insert him because that's to the right. History. I'm just making the claim. You asked. I'm just, just throwing some names out there. Yeah, Rick sure. Sanchez, There's... no dice. Rick Sanchez no. is is the most overrated on the list. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Rick gets beat up all the time. Rick he, gets beat up all the time. Rick got blown up in an episode of Rick and Morty and was buried by that universe's Rick, another universe's Rick. Like, come on, dude. No, don't insert him to the dialogue. There's always another Rick. There's always, <laughs> there is, there's there's always another Rick or there's a clone, right? Go ahead, Robbie. Sorry, episode three. <laughs> um, gosh, I, uh, I, need to, I need to get a name out here before I, before I forget. Where the frick is his name? Uh, 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 gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm stalling. I'm stalling. Scrooge McDuck. Stalling. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Scooby. He, um, I, I want you to tell me a richer character that's a cart that's a cartoon character than Scrooge McDuck. Oh no, you can't. Not possible. He you literally can't. has okay, bins okay, but how, full how of strong, money. How strong is Scrooge McDuck? He don't dies matter. He's got he's got money, money, dude. He's got no no no. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 he no, swims you, in you, gold. You, yeah, I mean, you need some strength to do that. He swims in gold. Yeah, he's strong. And it's like nothing. Yeah, like that. That's a strong duck. Yeah. That's a strong duck. Um, uh, anyways. <laughs> so episode three this, was good. It was good. Episode three was good. Like, it was <laughs> enjoyable. Um, I Well, this is the one connection I wanted to make. Is this Loki, the one that took over the Earth, is he President Loki from the Loki series? No. No. It's a multiverse. I so. No, I think it's just another Loki. You don't think that's a multiverse President Loki and he's there now? I don't. That's why I said And he no. like... Hmm. You're just taking away my fun. I thought that was a... That was one part in episode three that I kind of like... Mm, I didn't really enjoy... Not enjoy, but I thought it was kind of like, what? Was Nick Fury's just cool with Loki marching into the UN and declaring himself president of the world or whatever he said? I was like, what? What? Okay. Uh, Miss Frizzle versus Escanor from Seven Deadly Sins. Do you guys even know who that is? Escanor basically he basically harnesses the power of the sun. Um, he's basically one of the most powerful characters in anime. Uh, uh, Aang? Aang? Uh, we haven't even brought up Goku, but I don't think Goku wins this. Yeah, Goku, I was gonna say Goku and Goku. Superman Goku are like, like are had the... a heart condition that that a yeah. android from the future sickened him with. Those feel like layups. I've... Yeah. That's like that's oh. not fun. <laughs> um, Optimus Prime? No, no, no. You know, like, no. She could just like go into him and expand. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. this is. I mean, you're, you're really narrowed down to Captain Planet. I'm fishing now for someone else. I think Captain Planet. I've Googled enough. Side. I can't. I can't do it, dude. Like, I mean, I'm trying here. I'm doing my best, but I don't think there's. I think Miss Frizzle is, is up there as one of the most powerful. One I, of the most powerful. Honestly, dude, that's a really great but, take. 
it's a really great take. Like what, what, what sparked you on this journey? I was just thinking about, it was the, it was the pictures of a Hank Pym, like inside, like the Hulk's bloodstream and throwing that, whatever that was into the heart. I was saying like, Miss Frizzle could do that. And that's like, that's a Tuesday morning class for her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Dude, you're totally like, that's right. No big like, deal. And, and when he blew up Hulk, it was, it was like truly remarkable. It was. it was. It was like because because when it happened, I was like, okay, who's doing this? I don't know who's doing this. And Howard felt doing this. Like after they after he lost the element of surprise, it was like, eh, yeah, he's not he's not that powerful anymore because Loki beat him up like without even flinching. Well, that's the thing. As an assassin, he's very powerful because right. you don't know he's coming. Exactly. Once they knew it was once him, you know he's coming. Like they he like Fury knew he needed a god like speed to catch him. The the, the, one, the other thing that like the other thing that that bothers me a little bit, and this is a big nitpick, is that it was Mark Ruffalo and not Edward Norton. <laughs> oh my gosh! Get over that, it, Robbie. That bothers me. No, you that's don't watch that movie five, nearly uh, enough for it that's to bother a point you. Five off the ticker. That's a five point five. If it's Edward Norton. <laughs> that up. was wait wait wait. It was a six, and then you brought it to a five point five because of that. No, no, no. I gave, the, I gave the episode a five. Oh, okay. It was a 5.5. 5 uh, but it, it would be a 5.5 5 if that's Edward Norton. Wow. It might be a six. That is, if, it, if it's Edward a, Norton, it might be a That's a strong six. nitpick right there. That's It's a nitpick. It's it's a half-point nitpick. It is That is kind of a strong nitpick. Hmm. I just think if you're going to go all out, let's let's go. Let's get Ed back. Yeah. I'm yeah. still team Norton over Ruffalo. Yeah. I'm Yeah. I'm still I, you can I'm bash you, you can bash me I'm for that. You. You can bash me for that take. No, no, I'm with you on that. How dare you be Edward Norton? Oh, Isaac's with me. Yeah, I I liked Edward Norton. It's too bad he was, it's too bad he was such a douche that could, you know, made everything difficult for Marvel. But, you know. How funny would it have been to watch him and Scarlett Johansson fall in love in (laughs) English? I mean, about as. That would have been a mess. It it almost wouldn't work just like her and Mark Ruffalo falling in love. Almost. (laughs) Almost. I was going to say, it's not a whole lot different, probably, than ScarJo and Mark Ruffalo. I understand why they did it. You can check out What If on Disney Plus. (laughs) You can check out The Suicide Squad on HBO Max and in theaters. Spider Man No Way Home will be allegedly. Allegedly premiering december 17th 2021 i'm holding my breath on that though please i think shang chi is gonna be a big big question Ooh, excited I'm so for excited. that I'm excited yeah shang chi we will be reviewing that next week so come on back for us make sure you turn on your subscription your notification buttons shang chi next week sorry simu liu we are totally going to be reviewing it. it's going to be a great episode and this is true. Robbie, I know you and I are big Chris Stuckman fans. Chris Stuckman says this is one of his favorite MCU movies. That's and, fantastic. Um, uh, what uh, did uh, John Campia said this is the best comic book movie ever made since Logan. Okay, that's yeah. chill. Very, yeah. very bold it's, statements. I'm not, these aren't my statements. These are just like, wow, these are uh, that dramatic. That is bold. Very bold. Uh, it, could, it could be amazing. It's not, it's not, it can't be that amazing. That's what they're saying. Um, That's what the people are, are we saying. Also, are we going to review the uh, Paw Patrol movie? That comes out uh, tomorrow. Uh, does it? It does. Mark will be. We'll have to get Mark on that. Mark's we're excited planning about on going, that. Uh, we're planning on going Sunday, I believe. Just just let you know. Oh, we'll man. If my, if my well. boy can sit for 90 minutes in the theater, that's a miracle in and of itself. My whole thought is that anyone, any parent going to that knows that their kid is going to be absolutely insane. So I think I'm safe just taking my insane child. That's a good point. (laughs) 
That's like, a really good point. Okay. That's a very good point. And a Sunday afternoon movie? Come on. Like, it's going to be a bunch of grandmas with, like, six grandkids. And it's going to be hilarious to watch. Yeah. Good point. Thank you for listening to the Infinity Bros Podcast, wherever you listened. <laughs> however you listen, thanks for making this part of your podcast experience. <laughs> Robbie and Isaac, thank you for being on. Great to hang out with you guys. If My you're still with us this long, we'd love for you to leave us a review. You guys are fantastic. As always, we love you guys 3,000. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.